I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, the founder of Productivityist and Productivity Strategist and writer and all that fun stuff, speaker, bunch of stuff. I have a lot of things that I do. I have a lot of things that are my primary things and then some side hustles I work on. And speaking of side hustles, which are actually part of my main hustle, but Nick Loper, who is the guest on this week's show, has a ton of side hustles. In fact, he's the chief side hustler at Side Hustle nation and i was really happy to have him on the show we had a chance to uh, meet and uh, not really chat as much as we'd like to at podcast movement this past year in fort worth texas but we did have some time to you know decide whether or not we wanted to hang out and 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 talk and and be on each well have you know have him be on my show and so that's what we did we talk a lot today about some of the cool things that, you, that he's tried in terms to up his productivity uh which some are very conventional and some are not so conventional but he, he very much believes in, in the idea of hustling, and he is a, a true renaissance man. He's an entrepreneur that's involved in a, a variety of projects, and he likes to experiment. So if you're, if you're the kind of person who likes the biohacking stuff that you hear guys like Ari Mizell and, 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 and you know, Dave Asprey and, and, and Tim Ferriss do, what Nick does is he does this in the business side of things, so the entrepreneurial side of things. And, and I had a really great time talking with him today, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the show and this discussion I have with Nick Loper right here on the Productivityist Podcast. So I have Nick Loper with me. Nick, thanks for joining me from Side Hustle Nation, taking time out of your side hustles to be part of another side hustle by doing this <laughs> show. <laughs> you bet, Mike. Thanks for having me. So we, we've we crossed paths on the internet a few times in the past, but we didn't actually really get to meet. Uh, and, you know, I, I give you a whiskey, I think. Right? I yes. A whiskey, oh my a gosh, I forgot moment. about that. Yeah, That's give, how we, you know, we're like best buds. <laughs> yeah. So I gave you, and it was a Japanese whiskey, I think. Was it a Japanese it very, one? It was very smoky. Yeah. It was, oh, it might have been, I know which one it was. It was one that was recommended to me by another whiskey aficionado. Um, and I had to, I think I had to go somewhere. I'm like, I have to go. I can't leave the bar with this. Hey, Nick, here, have this. <laughs> it's <was laughs> like, like, oh, okay. All right. Um, and, and so we met, uh, we got to hang out a little bit. Not this a is lot. I mean, a great first impression for you later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's a whiskey. Um, that's my calling card. I don't have business cards. I just carry around little small snifters of whiskey <laughs> that I give to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but we had a chance to you know briefly chat there at at the barbecue place too uh not not for long because we kind of all but that's what happens at events like this right like there's so much going on that you don't really have a have a chance to 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 chat with as many people as you'd like or at least have prolonged conversations i find do you find that that happens because you've been to a lot of events as well yeah, it's a ton of fun because, you know, now, especially having been to a handful, there's a kind of a crew of familiar faces and then it beca- and then it snowballs from there. It's like, oh, have you met so-and-so? Do you know these guys? Like, And then you kind of get introduced around, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, as a new person, I found that was very welcoming. But, it, but you're right. It is tough because it's very like you feel like, oh, my gosh, there's so many people and this is only like two days and I got to talk to everyone. And and so, you know, doing these kind of follow-up things after the fact are, are very helpful. So tell everyone that's listening about what you do and about Side Hustle Nation, because now you have a chance to introduce yourself to a fully captive audience that really can't go, can't, they won't give you whiskey, but they, <laughs> <laughs> at least they may, they may, but not right away. So tell, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you do, uh, for those that might be unfamiliar with your work. Sure. Uh, Side Hustle Nation is a blog podcast for aspiring and part-time entrepreneurs. It shares kind of my adventures in trying to build job-free income streams as well as kind of case studies and been there, done that stories from other people who have, you know, built something in their spare time and either turned it into their full-time thing or a lot of people say, hey, I'm kind of happy with my career. I just, you know, wanted to do this for myself as a creative outlet uh, to build a little more financial security, financial freedom into my, you know, into my life or to, you know, pay down debt, just earn extra money, earn a little bit of a, of a safety net there. Now, when you're trying to have these side hustles and, and you know, I mean, I, I did this for a while, obviously, when I was trying to grow Productivityist before it was actually known as Productivityist and work the full-time job and all that stuff. Um, one of the things you reached out to me about was like the productivity tactics, like the hacks that you use, the kind of the weird tactics that you take on in order to make this happen. Um, and not just this happen, but just in general. Um, but before we get into your weird tactics, can you share with me a little bit about what some of the uh, things that you recommend people do who are trying to balance that whole, hey, I've got this full-time thing, but I've got this side hustle that I really want to grow? The biggest thing for me has been you know, carving out a dedicated time. Um, so when I was, when I was still doing it part time, I was saying, okay, every day. And for me, it was like every day after work, I could go to the gym, have dinner. And then, you know, from seven to 10, a lot of the days, like that was like side hustle time. And so it was like this dedicated time to carve out and really what's been helpful is just blocking it out on the calendar. And it's a little more difficult when you've got family and when you've got kids. Luckily, I was in a long-distance relationship at that time for for a lot of those, um, at least for a couple of those years. And so that uh, definitely helped. And whether that's, you know, late at night, early in the morning, you know, during your lunch break, I've done, I've recorded interviews with people like, you know, Skyping from their car and stuff like that, you know, that are trying to make it happen uh, any way they can. But that's been very helpful to me. And then, what else I do is kind of the night before itemizing out like my top three priorities, knowing, Hey, I may only have 15 minutes if something comes up. And if I have an hour, that's great. But like, you know, these are the tasks that I need to get done and this is the order I need to get them done in. And so that's been helpful too. Awesome. Uh, You know, I mean, I do that a lot, uh, in terms of the planning of the evenings. I think it's really, really critical, especially, and, and I think that probably was born out of the whole, I, this isn't my main gig. 
Um, and you've maintained like is this this isn't your main gig, right? Like this is your side hustle in, in and of itself, or is it your main gig at this point? It is my main. Now, thankfully, I've been self-employed uh, actually since two thousand eight. So there you go. So you actually are able, and you still do the evening planning, right? You still make sure that you outline things the night before, rather than you know kind of wake up in the morning and try to map things out as as you know once you get out of bed, right? Yeah, it's so much it's so much better to kind of have a clearer picture of where that morning is going to go. Because otherwise, you know, I'll find myself lying in bed. Be like, I could probably hit the snooze alarm again. But it's like, no, I remember I got to do, you know, step one, step two, step three. And kind of gets you excited to to tackle this stuff. One of the things that, that I found on your blog that I thought was really, really interesting, one of your, one of your blog posts, was the three laws of side hustle physics. Um, I found it, I mean... You're really good with the headlines. I got to give you that. <laughs> <laughs> Between the the the, the numbered lists, uh, you've got this blog post called 79 Side Hustle Business Ideas You Can Start Today." Um, so uh, set aside some time to read that, everybody. But um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, those three laws before we dive into some of those weird tactics that that, that we want to dive into. Because what you mentioned, like time tracking and stuff, and and setting up an evening routine, if those are weird, then that's what I teach people. So um, <laughs> oh, we'll get we'll get a little weirder than that. <laughs> but tell me about those three laws of side hustle physics. Because uh, first off, you you came up with this after you know didn't really come up with this, but you're all science. You say in the in the post, you're all science up after reading The Martian. <laughs> of course, The Martian's been out a few weeks now. I uh, the the movie itself. I've read the book. It's actually the book that got me back into fiction reading, which was great. Um, but tell me a little bit about these three laws and tell, tell our listeners about it, because I think that they, they really do make a lot of sense. Yeah, I very rarely read uh, fiction. And everybody, I think my wife, we were on a plane and she was like cracking up. She's a, like an engineer. She's a huge nerd, too. And she's just like cracking up while reading this book. And she's like, it's so good. I'm like, fine, I'll read this. And I was like, got totally hooked on it. And so I was like, oh, you know, excited about science. And you could like, this is a kind of a blogging hack, right? You could write the three laws of, you know, whatever industry physics, like you could do, like, these are kind of interchangeable, but I was like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the three laws of side hustle physics. And, you know, law number one is one, you know, from Newton, right? An object at rest is going to stay at rest until it's acted upon by an external force. And you, know, you think about that in terms of, you know, our, our lives, like our, our momentum, like if we're, you know, sedentary, if we're, you know, not making any progress, like if we're inert, if we're like not in motion, like it's going to take something to get us past that, to get us moving. And doesn't, I don't know what that force necessarily will be. And that kind of goes into, you know, the second law, but it's like, you know, your, your pace isn't going to necessarily change until an event, until something happens. And so the second law is that force and impact. And it's like the bigger, that force, you know, maybe, maybe that's a job loss. Maybe that's, uh, you know, a baby on the way. Maybe that's, um, you know, a sudden windfall of, I don't know what it is, like, you know, a business <laughs> idea that like hits you on the head. But, you know, basically whatever that thing is, the, the bigger the impact that is, you know, the faster you're going to accelerate towards that, towards that side hustle. Um. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, so we've got these other, these other laws, right? The force and impact and the action and reaction. I, I think it's really interesting because I think this has a lot to do with productivity. Like, I mean, a lot of these things, um, you know, they relate to like, just get up and like, you can't just sit back and let things happen to you. You just can't, you have to make things happen. How, how do you inspire people to do that when they have this great idea for this thing that they want to build or they've, decided to act upon the 79 side hustle businesses they're mm-hmm, going to mm-hmm. make that happen what what do you 
what do you do to get them to get up and go? Like, what, what do you um, recommend to people through either your blog, your podcast, or even just do, when they work with you one-on-one? It's such a daunting task. And so it kind of goes back to, you know, how do you eat an elephant, you know, one, one bite at a time. And so you kind of have to break it down into, okay, what's the next first step to making this happen? And for a lot of people, you know, the, the third law is this action and reaction. And I really like an analogy that, um, Julie, did you meet Julie Sharanosher? I did. I did. She's actually, uh, she's actually been on the show. Okay, great. You know, I, I really love her stuff. She's a Time Hackers podcast. And she she gave this analogy that, hey, your first move in any business or any side hustle is kind of like your first move in a game of chess. Like, it really doesn't matter. And I and she said, apologies to all the chess players out there. Like, if it really does matter, I don't know. It's kind of, you're, move, you're moving your pawn, like two two squares. It doesn't matter. The, the whole purpose of that is to get a reaction from your opponent, from your audience, from your potential customer. And I really, really like that analogy because it's like, hey, you know, even even no reaction is a reaction. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, clearly that didn't <laughs> that didn't resonate or that didn't hit home. And it's still like learning that skill. Like for for me, I was blogging for for four years pre side hustle nation, and you know, traffic was okay, but never really took off. And you know, there'd be occasionally something would get shared around and it'd be a little bit of a hit, but for the most part, it was like crickets. And I was like. And there's no reaction here. And it was like, fine, this is, you know, my creative outlet of writing. You know, this is my, you know, actually had the kind of the cool side effect of learning how to do WordPress and playing around with SEO and like, you know, all these other kind of side uh, benefits as the, as the action and reaction. But, you know, for people trying, trying to get started with a side hustle, I would specifically say it depends on your it depends on your goals, right? So if you're stuck in a day job that's miserable and you want to get out, um, there's the fastest path to do that is going to be selling some sort of service, right? So if you take inventory of your skills, like by by definition, any job you've ever had, like that's a skill somebody thought was worth paying for. So I would probably start with an inventory of your skills and I would cross-reference that with kind of unique inventory of um, experience or interests or um, you know, personal connections, like who you, who you know in a, say you, you have like, um, your, your, your wife or your best friend is like in real estate or something, but you've developed this skill in copywriting or something. So you, could you merge those two to come up with like a unique service offering? Like, I, I know I could do copywriting for real estate agents. Like if they need help with their marketing materials or their blog or whatever. I don't know if that's a great example, but mm-hmm. something like that, trying to merge those two to find a sweet spot that you can go out and, and pitch and bonus points. If you can go out and pitch proactively and that's where kind of like that, uh, that sweet spot connection comes from. Cause if you just say, Hey, I'm a copywriter. It's very, it's very broad and it's very hard to say, you know, to send targeted pitches, be like, I can help out you specifically because I'm like the go-to person to do copywriting for real estate agents. And instead you're kind of stuck bidding on freelance work, which can be, can be tough to maintain prices and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, you know, one of the things that, that, that I've found, and this is just by going through what you've got on your site. And if you haven't been to side hustle nation, I think that everyone kind of needs to, to check it out is, um, you've you've got a lot of experiments because this is where we're going to start to get into some of the the tactic stuff, right? Um, but I want to talk about like the side hustle experiments that you've done. Um, is there any one in particular that you kind of stands out that was kind of 
um, random. I mean, the Fiverr one is one I noticed right away um, where it's like, you know, you earned almost a thousand dollars in 10 days doing uh, was a video uh, web audits of, uh, of people's websites, right? Um, yeah, the Fiverr one stands out. And this all started from a conversation with uh, a guy who earned enough money on Fiverr to buy a house like within <laughs> his first year. And I was like, hold on, how does this work? Because like, you're, wh- what could you sell that's possibly you know, worth $5? I've been on Fiverr for a couple years prior to that as a buyer, but never once thought of using it as a seller. And he went on to explain, hey, uh, you know, it's the marketplace of goods and services starting at $5. Starting at is key, right? It's all about mm-hmm. the upsells. In his case, it was all about, hey, you know, the $5 gigs are meant to be kind of automated delivery, whether it's like something, you know, a pre-created book, video, audio file that you can send somebody right away. And then if they want your if they want your time, you know, they can buy that in the upsell. So I think one of the things that he was offering was like, you know, I'll send you the seven steps to a killer like autoresponder sequence for your email list. And, you know, that was the that was the $5 thing. And then in the upsells, like I will write message number one for you. I will write message number two. I will critique the, your existing series or something like that. And he went on. We actually did a follow-up. Now Fiverr lets you do custom quotes up to $10,000. Wow. We did a follow-up. He said he, he claims to have sold the first $10,000 Fiverr gig. And it was for a custom copywriting package. Wow. Uh, just goes to show, hey, he said, hey, it's easier to take somebody from five uh, a five dollar sale to a ten thousand dollar sale than it is to take somebody from zero to one. You know, it's like that inertia of like opening up their wallet and going above and beyond in your delivery, proving what you're worth, and saying, "Hey, well, this is what you really need." So I thought that was fascinating. So I gave it a shot. I started out with a couple, you know, digital products, like actually a couple ebooks I repurposed from Amazon. I let like the, the Amazon exclusivity agreement expire, put them up on Fiverr, and actually sold pretty well and then I got brave and started doing the video <laughs> the video <laughs> audits which not the most probably not the best hourly wage in the world but if you kind of batch them you can do them back to back to back and those were a ton of fun I've done you know probably 500 or something at this point wow wow what other weird um well like in terms of other uh side hustle uh projects let me let me let me uh, shift gears here for a second but uh what's some of the other I don't want to say other because I was actually going to make that just Patreon only. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, Nick, some of the experiments that you've done, you, you mentioned Fiverr, of course. And for those of you who listen to Patreon, uh, you can listen to what Nick said about that if you're a Patreon member. But if you're not, uh, what what other experiments have you done? Because I want to dive in, again. I want to dive into those weird productivity tax, tactics that you have. Uh, I've kind of been off the beaten path where you're like, Either A, I can't believe the results I got, or B, in, in a good way or a bad way, or B, um, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, so I've been um, I've been playing around with um, you know the the Kindle publishing stuff for a few years now. Some some titles have done better than others. I've been playing around with you know building online courses on Udemy. I've been. I actually interviewed a guy. <laughs> the stories that do best on the podcast are like the most like ridiculous sounding ones, right? I met a guy who makes a full time living buying and selling stuff on Craigslist, and he's like, "This is this has a very broad appeal. Every town has a Craigslist, or you know, up in Canada, what's the Kijiji or something? It's called yep, yep." And you know, and he, and he's focused specifically on like appliances. It's like, could you imagine a harder to transport, like bulkier <laughs> item? 
Um, but he's like, hey, you know, just buy low, sell high. It's a business model as as old as business itself. And, you know, he was making that happen and supporting a family of seven doing it. Um, I met another guy, you might know, Benny Shu. Yep. Uh, you know, he had the app business for a long time and he shifted gears to focus on Teespring, mm-hmm. which is like a cool like print on demand, uh, like t-shirt site. And so he built that up like in a matter of months, like to do, uh, to do six figures over there. Uh, despite like his first 21 campaigns failing, I was like, dude, I would not have had the fourth to stick, <laughs> stick through 21 <laughs> failures to uh, to see it through. And, you know, all this kind of like freelancing stuff, um, you know, all of this <laughs> kind of, oh, the, the latest one that I'm trying to get into, and this is kind of the hot side hustle of the moment, is like the e-commerce Amazon FBA stuff, which is fulfillment by Amazon. You can source products uh, locally or or have them manufactured if you're, that's kind of the more advanced way to do it. Um, but what I've started with is just trying to source products locally, Walmart, Best Buy, Babies R Us, TJ Maxx, Walgreens, uh, you're looking for items that are clearance uh, on clearance you scan them with the free Amazon seller app. And there's a couple, you know, premium paid ones you can use too. But I just started out with the free app and you're looking for uh, a spread between what that price is, what that item is selling for locally and what that item is selling for on Amazon. You, you know, package all this stuff up into a box, ship it off to Amazon and then they sell it for you. It's kind of seamless to the customer. Wow. Because it just ships from their, uh, from their warehouse. So that's kind of the hot side hustle of the moment that I've been playing around with. How do you make all that stuff happen? Because, I mean, I can't imagine going into – I mean, I would, I prefer to buy from home. I, I mean, you won't get – first off, you can't catch me in a TJ Maxx because we don't have them here in Canada. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Or a Walgreens. Or, but, I mean, for me, I, I just – you have to be really committed to, to make these kind of things happen. You know, like, I mean, you really – and I think – I mean, this is your thing. This is what you do. How, how do you – I mean, you've obviously talked about like, you know, how you plan things, but how do you find the, the time to kind of batch this kind of stuff together? Like when do you, like when you make a decision to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to try this new thing. Do you kind of say every month I'm going to try a new side hustle or do you kind of, how do you map that stuff out? Yeah. Trying to allocate a certain percentage of your time to like to, to the what, speculative what, yeah, work exactly. that may or may not pay off down it, the road. But, you know, given the nature of the you know, of the content on the site, it's like, you know, you kind of have to be f- constantly filling the, filling the, well, even if it doesn't it, work, it, at least I'll have something to write about. It's the same reason why people go, why do you always use different task apps? I'm like, because that's my <laughs> job. Like I'm the one that need, I mean, I have my own approach I take to it. So let's see if I can make my approach, but that's part of what I have to do. And some of them it works with and some of it, it doesn't. So how do you allocate that? Like, how do you make sure that you say, okay, what's the balance between what's speculative and what is solid? Yeah, I've written on this before, kind of in like active income versus passive income. You know, it's just like you can do client work, you can do freelancing work, uh, you know, all day, every day. But the minute you stop, the income stops. And so a certain percentage of your time, especially after you've reached a certain level or certain comfort level, you know, you can start investing in in building passive assets whether that's books whether that's courses whether this amazon business is not completely passive because you're still going to have to source inventory for it but you can see that's a little bit more time leverage where you know the moment that sale occurs you didn't actually have to do anything it's you know more i'm putting in the time up front to do it plus you know it's 
like you said, it's my job to test this out and you know share my results with it because that's been a very popular uh, way to go this year, especially with like the importing and private labeling. That's kind of the the advanced uh, advanced stuff these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. All right. One more thing before, and by the way, I got a link to that in the show notes. The your time tracking results, your decidedly unfor hour work week. I know, I know. Uh, and passive versus people who listen to this podcast definitely know what the four hour work week is, and 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 it's interesting uh, if you've ever heard heard Tim Ferriss talk about. It, he doesn't talk like that title, and you know this if you've read the book. You've read the book, obviously. Yes. Um, I mean, the idea of the four hour work week. It's the the key operative thing there is work. What he does doesn't feel like work to him so he actually only spends four hours working really like that's kind of what it boils down to um but uh, pass it and it's also frankly a catchy title that will sell a lot of books <laughs> um he makes no apologies for that too um but before we dive into the the weird hacks because yes there are a few and they're not here's the thing is uh, to me they're not necessarily totally uh weird but um how you approach them might be. But I want to talk a little bit about this freedom number that you've got on your website. So, oh, okay. Because I think that that's important. I mean, as somebody who, um, I mean, I could have used this, your site, back when I was leaving my job because I basically, what I was doing was working 80 hours a week by the time I left the film festival because I was working 40 hours online doing blogging and all that stuff as well as building up productivity as well as working 40 hours at, at you know with with the festival mm-hmm. I could have very much used this not just what you offer but this idea of what where how how much do I need to quit my job like how much because what I ended up doing the second of the first time when I when I quit Costco I quit again based on, okay, uh, I didn't fully quit. I just went down to part-time. So that wasn't a full-off jump. I was a very calculated risk. But when I left the film festival, I jumped without, not without a net, but without knowing full well, okay, what's this number that I need? What, you know, I'm because I there was so much going on. There was 80 hours of work happening a week that I just said, okay, there's a lot of money coming in. We should be fine. Um, which is not the strategy I would recommend anybody take. <laughs> I was say, um, that's pretty brave. It is brave because as soon as I quit, um, Envato sold Work Awesome and all those other, like they closed down the net setter, which I was editing. So that was like half my money that was going to go away. And then Work Awesome got sold shortly thereafter. So, I mean, luckily I did work for Cult of Mac and then I became the managing editor of Lifehack. And, you know, uh, everyone who's listening that's listened for a long time knows the rest of the story. But, that is not a path I recommend for most people. Um, what, what, tell us about the freedom number. Tell because I think that having that measurable thing that people can at least look to, or at least refer to, can really go a long way in making a, a responsible choice and a measured decision when it comes to this kind of thing. Yeah. So w- one of the very first business books I read was um, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and it's kind of a variation on his on his formula. This is hey, when income from assets exceeds your monthly fixed uh, expenses like that's that's it you've made it you're financially free you can do you know whatever you want at this point and it's kind of a very freeing very empowering moment and so that's kind of what the freedom number is we we spend a lot of time focusing on the income side but at least in my past didn't spend a lot of time focusing on the expense side and that's really what drives a lot of this stuff like if i need you know, $3,000 a month to cover my rent, my mortgage, my grocery bill, my childcare, my insurance, my, you know, car payments, insurance, all of this stuff adds up. And, 
you know, rather than saying, I need to replace my, my day job income, which hopefully is higher than your expenses, you really only need, at least to make that initial leap, you really only need hopefully a much smaller number that, um, you know, that, that fixed expense number. And so that's kind of where the freedom number comes from in terms of the side hustle. It's like, hey, if my side hustle is generating or given an extra 40 hours a week, I could see it easily generating that much. Like that's when it might make sense to make that leap. Awesome. So there you go. And and what I also want to share with people is another link that's going to be in the show notes is the five-step system to quit your job in the next 12 months, which is uh, Brian Harris's uh, – uh, Brian Brian and you did this together, right? You, you both did this? You did, you had a recording with him? Is that kind yeah, of how this Brian went down? Yeah, Brian is one of the smartest people you can follow online if you're interested in you know, entrepreneurship, starting a, starting a business. Um, and he just broke it down. Here's what I would do. In fact, here's exactly what I did do to quit my job in 12 months. Um, you know, step one, step two, step three. And it was like, it's one of the most popular episodes of the show. Well, Nick, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, we've got, we've talked about a lot. For those of you who have the Patreon edition, of course, you got to hear a little bit more. If you're interested in supporting the show via Patreon, go to patreon.com slash productivityist. There is a slew of tiers uh, that you can you you can decide if you want to contribute at that level. Anything from a dollar all the way up to a hundred bucks a month, uh, which includes shipping of, of special handpicked packages that I send out every four months. There's also the ability, we talked about Teespring, um, I'm looking at getting a t-shirt done that could, that's for people at that hundred dollar level. They're going to get that. And I may even throw that into another tier at some point or create another tier, but head over to patreoncom slash productivity. And you'll get the whole podcast that we just did the whole discussion between myself and Nick Loper. For those of you who didn't still a lot of great stuff here, Nick, thanks so much for being here on the show today. Where can people find you when you are not having cold showers or walking <laughs> one mile per hour on your fancy treadmill desk? Hit me up at side and my, you referenced the ideas post and so that's uh, 79 side hustle ideas and it's just at sidehustlenation.com slash ideas very good place to start awesome awesome thanks so much nick and we will see all of you next week again a great time had by all on this show i think especially the two people who were talking through most of it myself and nick loper thanks to nick for joining me on the show this week you can head to all of the links that we talked about during the show just by going to the show notes or heading over to the podcast page. We've got a blog post up about the podcast too, so you can check that over at productivityist.com. If you want to hear the whole episode and you want to get more content and hear more of my voice uh, coming through your earbuds, then what you can do is head over to patreon.com slash productivityist and become a supporter. There are varying degrees of support and varying levels of perks that you can get, as well as, of course, you'll get the four additional podcasts per week, the little short ones that I do Monday through Thursday, as well as the entire weekly episode you get an abridged version of it here but you get the entire weekly episode if you become a patreon supporter as well as become a member of our exclusive slack community so head over to patreon.com slash productivityist and you can join us and the thriving community that is over there we're just hanging out talking about productivity which which i think is great uh thanks again so much to nick for joining me this week thanks to all of you for joining me this week we've got a lot of great stuff coming up as the year wraps to a close we're recording this um you know as as december begins and as we get close to the end of the year uh, i know you guys are, are wrapping things up and then getting ready to ramp things up as we head into the new year so um before uh before i let you go just think about 
trying to to end the year strong, but don't push yourself to the point where you can't enjoy the holiday season. So let's let's make sure that we we know that there's always something that's going to have to be done. You're never going to get it all done. So uh, make sure you have some nice harmony going into the end of the year. That's one of my words for 2016 is harmony, and I hope that you have plenty of it. Not just this week, but beyond. Until next time, I am Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivities Podcast and the founder of Productivities, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. Have a great week.